Welcome to Britt David Podcast and the amazing weather and beauty of God's creation fall brings. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his series from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34, entitled, Do Not Worry. There is not a sin that we excuse ourselves from so freely than that of worry. It is an acceptable sin to us. But if we want to be a growing Christian who pleases the Lord, then I need to repent of my worry and get on with trusting Him in all things. That's easy to say, but hard to do. And yet, difficulty is not an excuse for disobedience, is it? Here's Pastor Tim. Tell them what you learned along the way, all right? This is the first thing I'm going to learn. How many worriers are in here today, all right? How, how many would admit that they are worriers? How many are married to a worrier? Get your hands down. <laughs> Y'all talk about that at all. How many of you were mothered by a worrier? Keep your hands down, all right? All those kids just went out. All right, worrying really is an issue, and it is for us. Um, it's one of those things that, that sadly, in a way, we don't mind admitting and don't mind saying that we have a struggle with those things. And because one of those reasons, I think, is you saw all those hands go up. We know what it's like. Every person in here knows exactly what that's like. You know the name Connie Mack? You know, the A's are like another team I know. They are certainly not going to the playoffs this year. Uh, but when the A's were in Philadelphia, Connie Mack was their manager. One of the winningest, one of the greatest managers of all times. Let me see. He's got the, 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 the major league record. For wins, losses, games managed, he's got nine uh, um, American League pennants. He's got five World Series titles. So anyway, Connie Mack was talking about what makes a good manager and talking specifically about this issue of worry. Listen to what he said. This is one of his secrets, he said. So I'm not going to whisper it, but here it goes. He said, I discovered that worry was threatening to wreck my career as a baseball manager. I saw, how foolish I, I, I saw how foolish it was, and I forced myself to get so busy preparing to win games that I had no time left to worry over the ones that were already lost. Listen to this. This is, this is country truth right here. You ready for this? He says, you can't grind grain with water that's already gone down the creek. I don't think I'd have said it that way, but I understand what he's saying. You do too, don't you? There are things that you just can't control. There are things in life that you can't control. And in, in fact, one, uh, uh, one teacher from, uh, from really a generation ago defined worry as taking or assuming responsibility for things that you can't control. And we know what that's like, don't we? I want to talk to you today about worry because worry not only is common, you know, in a baseball world, it's common in church. And yet we understand and we know that the Bible says, be anxious for what? For nothing. And yet we worry about just about everything right? It seems as if that command not to worry and not to be anxious, somehow it just doesn't apply to me because of my circumstances. 
I want you to know today that it does apply to you. And it does apply even to your circumstances. And Jesus has a lot to say about it. If you're in Luke chapter number 12, we're working our way verse by verse through these passages. And so we come today to verse number 22. When you begin in verse number 22, Jesus has so much to say in these next several verses about worry itself. And I want to share with you at least four different things today. Number one, I want you to see that worry has simple causes. Worry has simple causes. It's not the big things. It's not the grand things that really get to us. It's the little things. It's the simple things in life. Sometimes it's the things that we feel like we should be able to control or that we should be able to respond better to. And when we don't, and when we can't, boy, that worry just kicks right in, doesn't it? Even over the tiniest, simplest of things. For example, look, if you will, in verse number 22. In verse number 22, it says, Jesus said to his disciples. By the way, I know I make mention of this from time to time, and I think it's so important as you go through these passages to understand who Jesus is talking to. He's not talking to a lost person. He's not, he's not talking to an atheist who doesn't believe in God and who doesn't believe in Jesus and who's not interested in whether the Bible says I ought to worry or not. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those who have already given their hearts to Jesus, who are already following him. In other words, he's talking to people just like you and just like me. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, and especially the problems that you're going to encounter. I would say it to you this way. Some people worry about the problems in life. They worry simply about the problems that are coming, the, 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 the issues and the circumstances that they find themselves in. He's going to talk a lot about what you eat and what you wear and some of those very simple things that make up everybody's life. Jesus says specifically, do not worry about this life. But when those problems come, when suddenly I am hungry, and I'm not sure where I'm going to eat. When I, when, I, when I begin to discover that I don't have the clothes either that I want or sometimes even that I need. When I don't know how to pay for my housing that's coming or my medicine that's coming due once again. We tend to worry about those things. It's just the problems of life, right? But the problems that you experience in life that lead you towards worry are the very same problems that every other person is facing. And Jesus says that we're supposed to deal with those things differently. Do not worry about your life. So whereas there are some people who worry about their problems in life, there are some people who worry about their provisions for life. They worry about where all of this is going to come from. And that's what he says next. He says, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Don't worry about those things. Those are provisions that God makes for you. 
In fact, you'll notice that the very next, uh, or we're going to get to a verse where he says, he says to seek the kingdom of God. And it's going to remind you about what Jesus said in Matthew's gospel when he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he says what? He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then what's the promise? And all of these things will be added to you. God's going to take care of your needs. He's going to take care of every need that you have. You're his child. He is a loving father. He's not an abusive father. He's not a father who doesn't care about you. And just like a loving father takes care of the needs of his children, God will take care of the provisions that you need for life. You don't have to worry about them. God's going to take care of them. Let me give you a third one. Some people worry about their physical life. Just simply about life itself. But notice what Jesus says in verse number 23. He says, life, life itself, it's more than food, and the body is more than clothing. There may be some times where you don't have everything that you want to eat. <laughs> you may physically get to a point where you can't eat the things that you want to eat. You know how you can decide if something's healthy or not? If it's good to you, it ain't good for you. And if it's good for you, I bet it ain't good to you. That's how you tell the difference. So, so there are some times when you just cannot have the things really that you want. But God's always going to take care of the things that you need. Your body is more than the stuff that you put in it. And your body is more than the stuff that you put on it. All of that inside and out are window dressings. What really matters is the state of your heart. And you need to know this. There are simple causes to worry. But let me, let me kind of give you a little parentheses here for just a minute. I want you to also see that worry has strong consequences. Jesus doesn't talk about it here in this particular passage, but I think it's important for you to recognize and know worry is not just something that we are to be flipping about. Worry is not one of those things that, are, that is a simple sin that, that really doesn't have any recourse. No, worry has strong consequences. For example, worry can leave you emotionally disturbed or emotionally drained, if you will. It, it, it's, it's stress, isn't it? And you hear people talk about being stressed out. How do, we, how do we act and respond when we are under such dire stress and we find ourselves stressed out? We don't act rationally. We don't typically make very good decisions. We don't follow through really with obedience. Everything about our mind and our emotions is consumed by that one thing that we are worried about. And when it seems like that needs taken care of, boy, we're on a roller coaster high. But it doesn't take long to look down the periscope of the future and you suddenly find yourself on a roller coaster that's hitting the valley. It has emotional disturbances that come with worry. Number two, worry might leave you physically disabled. Now, stress might be something that a, that a, that, that's on the inside. It's one of those things that's in your heart and it's in your mind. But it has its fulfillment on the outside. 
You see it in the body. How many times have you really been sick because of worry? In fact, we even use that as a phrase, don't we? I, I'm just worrying myself sick. Right? You, yeah, you probably are. Don't use the next one. <laughs> I'm, I'm worrying myself to death. Right? Listen, those things are reality. Whatever is on the inside is always going to show up on the outside. You can hear what's on the inside of a person's heart by the words that they use, by the actions that they take, and by the places that they go. You can tell a lot about a person that way. So worry can leave you emotionally drained. It can leave you physically disabled. Number three, it can leave you spiritually defeated. Spiritually defeated. Let me ask you this. Let me do this first. So that verse that I mentioned out of Philippians chapter 4, be anxious for nothing. Or a modern translation may say, don't worry about anything. How many of you have ever heard that verse before? That's right. How many of you already know that worrying is a sin? We know, don't we? Yet we continue to allow that to beset us. What does that do for your spiritual life? The same thing that an addiction will do for your spiritual life. Everything about life becomes consumed with fulfilling that need or that that draw that's on your life. Where does that leave me then in my relationship with God? I'll tell you this place that it leads you. You cannot have both functioning faith and functioning worry present in your heart at the same time. You can't. You cannot have functioning faith and functioning worry. Now, if I go to that verse out of Hebrews where it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. What does that tell me then about my life of worry? It doesn't please God. It doesn't please God, and it doesn't lead me closer to Him. I am going to have a hiccup in my walk, in my spiritual walk, and it may leave me spiritually defeated and open to other sins as well. Worry has some real consequences, don't they? So this is not something for us to talk about today just because we're going through this. This is a word from God to you who struggle with anxiety. Okay? You know what the cause is. You know it's leading to something, right? Let me give you some good news. I want you to know that worry has a scriptural, scriptural correction. There are some correctives that we need to take. And the Bible talks about these things. Jesus talks about them. So let's get back into our, uh, into our passage, close our parentheses, if you will. And you're going to notice that he uses in verse number 24 the word consider. The word consider, he's going to use it again through this passage. In fact, in these next few verses, there are really four specific things that Jesus has us to consider or to think about. So, in other words, if I'm trying to make a correction in my life, all right, I know that I'm, I know that I'm a worrier. And so I know that I'm a worrier. I know that I'm going in the wrong direction. I know that I'm going in a direction that does not please the Lord and does not help me to grow. I, I, I want to fix that. 
I, I, I want to I, I repent of that, and I want to turn in a whole new direction. So what are some practical things that you can do? All right, well, think about these things. Consider these things, if you will. Number one, just like he says in verse number 24, consider the ravens. Consider the ravens. God uses these birds to bring correction to you and to me. But it's not just any kind of correction. This is loving correction. This is loving correction from a loving Heavenly Father. Notice what he says in verse 24. Consider the ravens, for they neither neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. All right, stop there for just a minute. Let me give you another little parenthesis here. Remember last week? Remember the man whose land was, was blowing up plentifully? Remember what he said? What shall I say? You know, I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build bigger barns and keep all my stuff. I'm going to say to my soul, soul, you have done so well for yourself. Right? The birds don't do that, do they? They're not worried about barns and money and all of those other things. They're not worried about what they're even going to eat. But notice what Jesus says. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't have storehouse or barn. And yet God feeds them. God takes care of them. But look at this question at the end of verse number 24. Of how much more value are you than the birds? We live in a day today where it seems as if animals have a greater respect and a greater value and a greater worth than people themselves. It seems as if, if you listen to some, that the world would be far better off if all the people were gone. Right? That's not what God says. God created this place, and you are His workmanship. And He loves you. Let me tell you this. He loves you more than birds. He loves you more than land. He loves you more than trees. He loves you more than anything else in this world. Say, Tim, how do you really know that? Does the Bible say that? It sure does. It says that God demonstrated His love for you and that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. He didn't die for a bird. He died for you. He loves you. He wants you out of this cycle of worry. So consider the ravens and know that God will take care of all of those needs for you. There's another correction here, another another thing for you to consider. I would say it this way, consider the ruler. I don't mean like the king, I I mean like the yardstick, you know, the measuring rod. Consider the ruler. Look at what he says in verse number 25. Which of you... By worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. How many of you can add another 18 inches to your height? I know a lot of folks would like to do that, you know. But you can't. You can't do that by yourself. Remember, there are things that are outside of your control, and this is one of them. Oh, I know you can wear high heels, and you can put on some platform shoes, But the reality is, is that you're the height that you are, no matter what you're standing on, right? What you need to stand on are the promises of God and the provision of God. That's where we need to be. He says, which one of you can do this? And then look at this in verse number 26. If you then are not able to do the least, 
Why are you anxious for the rest? I mean, if God made you and created you, even just using this ruler of height, if I can't change that part, what makes me think that I can change any other part that's outside of my control? I have to learn to trust God. So he corrects me using a yardstick or a ruler. It's a logical correction. I mean, if you can't do the least, why do you worry about the rest? Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34, entitled, Do Not Worry. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.